Welcome to the Pacific Point Church Podcast, where we're learning to love and live like Jesus. During this half hour, we're praying that God will direct, encourage, and speak to you. If you would like to partner with Pacific Point Church and our church plants, visit us at pacificpointchurch.com give. At that same site, you can also watch and listen to previous sermons, read follow-up blog posts and extended notes, and even connect with Pacific Point Church on social media. We hope you're encouraged by today's message. How y'all doing this morning? Great. It's great to be here. How about thanking Jed and Claire for leading us in worship there? It's awesome. Thank you all. It's always good to see you guys. Saw y'all the other night at the ranch. I had on my boots and my hat. It was a good time. It was a scary time for me too, but out of my element in, in, in country music uh, venues. But anyway, also want to thank um, Chris and John Blue for allowing me to have this time to address you guys. They are, they're having a wonderful time on their sabbatical. I saw John uh, Friday when I got in. I was like, dude, you look so stressless. <laughs> like, you're really chilled right now. He says, yeah. I'm like, oh, man, yes, you were wound up, brother. You needed this. And so Chris was always great as, as normal. And um, so one of them, I'm not going to say which one yet, I said, what should I preach on? And one of them said, worship. And the other one proceeded to send me the sermon that she, I mean, that they wanted me to preach. And uh, <laughs> so, so Chris sends me the sermon. She goes, preach this. And I'll go, okay, Holy Spirit. And, <laughs> and so I, uh, I, I listened to it, and then I call him back a few weeks later. I'm going, now, you sure? Like, what do you really want me to preach? He said, did you listen to what I, I was like, yes, ma'am, I didn't. So I went and listened to it, and then I realized that the sermon she had sent me was someone preaching based off of this book called Holy Roar that was written by a guy named um, Chris Tomlin. Chris Tomlin wrote things like, uh, oh, that's loud, hallelujah. He wrote, he wrote, how great, uh, no. great, great is our God. That's the key. Sing with me how great, y'all know this song? Is our God, oh, sing how. Okay, he wrote that. He also wrote, he also wrote, um, um, we stand and lift up our hands. Y'all remember this one? For the joy. Why am I in that key? We stand and lift up our hands. That's better. For the joy of the Lord is our strength. Y'all remember this song? Then it goes, Holy is the Lord God. Yes. So he wrote that. That songwriter, he's one of the best songwriters in our generation, right? So he writes this book, Holy Roar, on the seven words of praise. And so I went and bought the book because I'm like, I'm not going to preach a sermon off another sermon. I'm just going to go learn it myself. And I am so thankful, Chris Blue, who made me preach this, that you challenged me because I've learned so much in the last several weeks studying this topic. So, y'all ready? Now, what, the reason they only get two songs up front is because we're going to come back and actually do, we're going to have a practicum of what we're going to talk about. Does that make sense? So, means of grace is something that, is it all right if I stand down here for, for sake of, okay, all right. Um, means of grace is something, I grew up Methodist, and so this was one of the ways that the Wesley brothers were trying to explain to the people they were ministering to that our humanity could connect with deity, Right? I think it's in 1 Peter. I didn't look this up. I thought about it the other day. But 
Peter said we could actually participate in the divine nature. Anybody remember that verse that I'm quoting? Anybody know the verse? No one's raising their hand. So does that mean no? There's a verse in the Bible. Uh, maybe someone can find it before I'm done. Peter says you can actually participate in the divine nature. And I think this is what they were, it's in 1 Peter, if someone wants to find it. This is what they were talking about. How do we connect our humanity to deity? So baptism is just dunking a human into water, right, and bringing them up and they're real wet, unless you join your faith with it and it has the ability to cut away the old nature. That's just bread and juice, unless you connect your faith with it, and then it connects the entire history of the church. That one act connects us to the entire church from the beginning of time. Because it says, when you do this, future, do it, presence, in remembrance of me, past. Okay? So communion is, or we can just go drink some bread and drink some, I mean, eat some bread and drink some juice, right? You understand what I'm saying? Reading a Bible is just looking at black letters on a white page unless you join your faith with it. And then the, those words on those white pages in that Bible can actually change history. Do you know that the nursing industry exists today because of a Christian woman named Florence Nightingale? Do you know that the adoption industry exists today because of Christianity? Because in the ancient culture, the Romans, would, they called it exposure. If they had a female child, right, that tells you a lot about their culture. If they had a female child, they would take her to the edge of the forest and they would expose. They'd just leave the baby there for animals or crazy, creepy people to come and get the baby. You know what was happening at that time? Christians, people who thought because they understood that they were adopted by Christ, they would hang out on the edge of the forest. And when the Romans would expose the baby girls, the Christians would adopt them because they had been adopted. See, the words on the page of the Bible are very powerful if you attach your faith to it. Otherwise, it's just like ink on paper. You with me? So that's what he's talking about in this means of grace. If you can actually apply your faith to it, it's amazing what can happen. He said this, there are individual works of piety and communal works. So, so the works of piety, and then I'll show you what the next one is. They're works of mercy. So works of piety and works of mercy. So in the, in the works of piety, there's individual and communal. Individual, prayer, fasting, searching the scriptures. I hate fasting, but I do it every week because it's in the Bible. If you've never tried it, I challenge you to starve with me this Wednesday. It will not be fun. You will not want to say holy words at some time during the day. But our whole team... In, in our prayer room in Seattle, we fast every Wednesday. We choose to not eat food. We don't fast like Facebook. There was no Facebook when they were writing the Bible. People are like, I'm going to fast Instagram. So, that don't make you hungry. Fast and Instagram. There was no Instagram when they were writing the Bible. Fast food and see what, you, see what happens. See how cranky you get and see if you really love the Lord and have to deal with people. There are benefits of fasting. Read Isaiah 58 if you want to know. So we fast on Wednesday. We search the scriptures. We try to live healthy. <clears throat> try to live healthy. All right? That's individual. Communal, we, wor we worship together. Musical worship. That's what we are just doing a minute ago. We're going to have uh, communion in a second. Baptism, right? Meetings. Works of mercy. Individual and communal. This is all under means of grace. Say means of grace. It's a way for our humanity to connect to deity. How do we do it individually? We do good works. We try our best not to kill people. That's good. We try not to steal from people. We visit the sick. We visit people in prison. 
We feed and clothe those who are in need. We, a communal work of the means of grace, things like seeking justice. Oh, I'm wearing a shirt about it. Do justice, love mercy. Justice doesn't do on its own. That's why people make a sign and they go and pick it in front of an abortion clinic. Because they believe that either something unjust is happening or something unjust is about to happen. And there are people smarter than all of us combined who are on both sides of the issue, right? And some people believe that life starts at conception and they're killing babies in there. And some people over here and they go, well, a woman has a choice. She can do whatever she wants. And they're out there. They're not at home praying about it. When you want justice done, you put on your clothes, you make a sign, you get out there and you pick it and you yell about it. Because justice doesn't happen on its own. God, we don't want God to do justice from heaven. We really don't. It's best that his kids are his agents of justice on the planet. Right? And if, I guarantee you, if I steal your car and I take it to Seattle, then I come back in a few weeks and go, you know what, I probably shouldn't have stolen your car. But I'm going to keep it in Seattle. You go, no, 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 bro. Justice means you give me my dang car back. Isn't that right? That's right. And so it is our job as the children of God to bring justice to the earth. God's not going to do it from heaven. He hasn't chosen that. He's chosen us. So that's why people, they sponsor orphanages and they foster care system, all that. So words are like containers of meaning, right? When I say a word, if I say love in America, I can say I love my 85-year-old mom. I love pizza, right? I love my dog, I wouldn't say that in the same sentence because I'm saying to my mom, who's 85, who's my homegirl, I love you just as much as I love a dog. No, I love, a, I love my mom way more. So in other languages, words have different meanings like this. In Greek, agape is God's unconditional love. Phileo is brotherly love. That's why we have Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love. Sergo, familiar. I love my cousin and them, eros. We get the word erotic, romantic love, okay? So... Same is true in Hebrew with these words of praise. They, they all show up as praise when you read them in the Bible. I'm going to focus on four today. I'm going to fly through the first seven. There's no way to do this whole message in one setting. So Barak means to kneel. We actually, the word kneel was in, bow down was in one of the songs we just sang, right? And so part of worship and praise is to kneel down. Now, why would you kneel down? Why do people kneel down? To demonstrate physically that the person you're kneeling before has more authority than you, right? When, when kings, we, I mean, we live in a, in, a, in a different society, but when kings would walk into palaces and there would be a party, the people would kneel down in ancient times. I mean, we don't do that. we like, oh, yeah, that's our president, whatever. Sometimes we stand up, but we don't kneel in honor, right? To bless God is an act of adoration, to praise, to salute, to thank says, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with tequila, right? Not tequila, <laughs> but tequila. Barak, right, means to kneel. Tequila is the next one. There it is. Um, it's a hymn. It's a song. It's a praise. It's a new song. It's a spontaneous song. One day I'll teach you all how to do that. We do that a lot in the prayer room. But what we do is, is we enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with tequila. We give him praise to Barak, his name, that's to kneel down, right? But you are holy and thrown in the praises of 
Israel, that word is Tehillah. You see how it's showing up in the scripture? But it, those words in the parentheses don't show up in your Bible. I'm telling you the Jewish word. You see it? Are y'all tracking with me? Yes or yes? Okay, good. I'm just trying to really get through these first three. And Shabbat is to address in a loud tone, the way John Blue talks all the time, to shout, to come in, glory, triumph, right? So one generation shall shout your works to another and declare your mighty acts. Because your love is better than life, my lips will glorify you. I will shout Shabbat as long as I live, and in your name I'll lift up holy hands. Now, look, um, our, our focus today is these four, yada. Everybody say yada. Okay. To revere worship with extended hands, to hold out the hands, to throw as you're throwing a stone or an arrow. Here's what they mean. So the, the, the people of Israel, well, I'll read this next part. In the context of praise, it describes those moments that the Hebrew people were so overcome by the glory of God that their hands shot up in response. It wasn't like you kind of go, yes, Lord, I love you. I mean, think about it. If you saw what they saw in the Red Sea. Or if you saw water coming out of a rock, or if you saw this, this pillar of fire, or this, pill, this cloud that was, that was guiding you through the desert, would you kind of just go, yeah, well, you know, I kind of thank you, Lord. This is kind of cool. Are they going, oh, my gosh, I can't believe this. That's the way they praise, right? Now, um, <laughs> may the people praise you, but it really is yada in 67.3, Psalm 63.7.3. May all the peoples yada you. David wrote, all your works in Psalm 145, praise you or yada you, Lord. Your faithful people extol you. I think this is funny. I don't know if you can see it, but this is kind of a, you know, in, in Western worship, because, see, here's a problem in, in Western worship. We're not as passionate because we have so much stuff. Like, I wish I could take time to explain to you all my insurance plan. Like, I just found out from my employer that I need to spend $300 in the next four days because I've been collecting all of this money, $50 a month for six months. It's part of my insurance plan that I got to go buy some stuff. I got another card over here that puts like $2,400 a year in this holding account that if I want to go buy some Advil, I don't pay with my money. I pay with my insurance money. If I get sick and have to go to the hospital, like I pay all of that accrued money first. My insurance plan is so good, and I work for a nonprofit. So why would I pray for healing? Healing? <laughs> Yo, let me show you this Aetna card, cuz. <laughs> Aetna is my healing. We have so much stuff. Why pray for safe travels? I have a Tesla. I mean, I don't have a Tesla, but I'm, I'm speaking prophetically. If someone wants to give me a Tesla, I would drive. No, I don't have a Tesla. But you understand what I'm saying? We have so much stuff in the West. We aren't as expressive or as, pass or as passionate or as needy as people in other parts of the world. Do you not think that God loves people who get sick in China and Africa as much as he loves us? That he wants them healed? He wants them helped? He wants, he wants to bring um, uh, peace to their soul? Yeah. But they're a little more passionate about it than we are. And he responds without a health care system. He responds to us through my Aetna card. 
My prayer is that, Lord, I pray that every premium I pay for the rest of my life will be a waste of money. Because I've heard that God gives people divine health. So, all that to say, you know, we kind of worship like, you know, yeah, Lord, I really love you a lot. Thank you for my life. That's an elbow flap. Or carry the TV. How about carry the TV praise? How about a big screen? Big screen, Lord. Big screen praise. Lord, my fish was this big. My fish was that big. Hold the baby. Mufasa. Mufasa praise. I mean, this is funny. You know, dueling light bulbs, gold pulse. Oh, yes, Lord. The hatchet. Ay, 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 ay. Touchdown. And then you got, the, you got the expert praises down here, the village people. <laughs> YMCA, right? You got Rocky and the touchdown. All right, I, I just think it's funny. But, <laughs> you know, I live in the Pacific Northwest, and people, they're so smart. They're so rich. They're so innovative. Um, they really think that the stuff that they've created was out of their brains. They don't realize that. The 100 trillion electronic connectors in your brain don't work by themselves. They work because there's a God who has sustained your life. But they think they can program because they're smart. And so I, I walk into churches all the time to consult in, in Seattle, and very few people are lifting their hands. Why? They're smart. Why? They're rich. Why? They're sufficient with themselves. Why do this to the God that you believe woke you up this morning when you don't really know that he woke you up this morning? Are y'all tracking with me? We used to do this song back in the day. Let's see if I can pick the right key this time. Because that's loud. I lift up my hands, standing unashamed. I worship you, Father, exalting your name. You captured my heart, now my life is changed. Lift up my hands. Let's try it. Help me, Claire. Hold on. We didn't really plan this, but you sing the melody. I'll sing the harmony. Stand up. We're just going to sing this chorus like three or four times. Stand, could you stand with me for a second? One, two. Lift up my hands, standing unashamed. I worship you, Father, exalting your name. You captured my heart, now my life is changed. I lift up my hands. I lift up. I lift up my hands, standing unashamed. I worship you, Father, exalting your name. You captured my heart, now my life is changed. I lift up my hands. What about this one? I'll stand. With arms high and heart abandoned in all of the one who gave it all. I'll stand my soul, my soul, Lord, to you surrendered all I am is yours. I'll stand. I'll stand with arms high, with arms high and heart abandoned in all. Of the one 
of the one who gave it all. I'll stand. I'll stand. My soul, Lord, to you. Soul, Lord, to you surrender all I am is yours. I lift up, I lift up my hands, standing unashamed. There you go. I worship you, Father, exalting your name. You captured my heart. Now my life is changed. I lift up my hands. I lift up my hands. All right. Thank you, Clap. Thanks for helping. Hey, keep that. I think I might need you again. Oh, hey, hey, I'm going to put it right here. All right. So, now, I don't know if this happens to you, but you start lifting your hands. You go, I think I'm out of shape. <laughs> because after two choruses, you're going like, <laughs> you know, my lats are hurting. You know, my latissimus dorsi. All these things. You start feeling stuff in your body. You're like, I'm, I'm, not, in, I'm not in worship praise shape, right? You got to be in shape to do this stuff. Halal, to boast. To rave, to shine, to celebrate, to be clamorously foolish. I mean, are you kidding me? How many of y'all been to like, now I'll just pick on the continent that's half of my ancestors are from. How many of you have been in, on the continent of Africa in a worship service? Oh, y'all need to go. Y'all need to go. You'll understand why gospel music has the impact it does in America and that it's had around the world. Like... I'm, we're going to be done in like an hour, 75 minutes. <laughs> we getting started in 75 minutes over there. You see what I'm saying? I mean, the whole service, this whole service is going to be 75 minutes is what I'm trying to say. 10 to 11, 15. Like 10 to 11, 15 in Africa, <laughs> they just getting warmed up. You see what I'm saying? So, and they halal, they boast, right? They know how to shine and to celebrate. West, this Welsh theologian, that's what the other half, so I'm, I'm half Welsh and half African, half Ethiopian, in case you were wondering, because I could tell some of you were wondering when I said half of my people came from there. I could tell you had that one, so where the other half from? They're from Wales. There's three Singleton brothers came from Wales. One settled on the north, east, one settled south, had a plantation there, one went to the west coast. The one in the south in Arnoldville, Louisiana, Mr. Singleton, right? The largest cane plantation west of the Mississippi. My great-grandfather, great-grandfather Singleton, bought an Ethiopian slave who looked East Indian. He could keep her because the rest of the family thought she was East Indian. If they would have known she was Ethiopian he, and he would have stayed with her, he would have been disowned from the family. But because my great-grandmother looked East Indian, even though she was Ethiopian, he was able to keep her. They had my grandfather who was your skin complexion. Stand up. My grandfather looked like this. I mean, not the hair, not the gender, but the skin color. I would look at, I would look at, his name was Roosevelt. I'd look at Ro and I'm going, Ro, why is your skin like that? I was like, well, because his dad was Mr. Singleton, the plantation owner. You may be seated. Thanks for allowing me to use your pigment. Sometimes, there have been times in my life where I wish I had your pigment. I'm just telling you right now. Some of y'all don't know what I'm talking about, but I mean, when them, when them police lights start, I'm like, oh, Lord, am I white? Can I be white right now? Jesus. Anyway, I digress. So, Roe's grand, 
his, my, my, my grandfather's dad was a white slave owner, right? And so I am, I mean, I'm, I'm going to be 60 years old next year. Six, that's six decades. I'm fit, come on, 60. That means I'm one-fourth the age of this country. My mom's 85. She's one-third the age of this country. This is not a very old country. Like, you ever been to Greece? Like, you ever been to those? I mean, that's, that's old over there. We're young. A little bit over 240 years, right? So, I digress again. Welsh theologian, that's, I, all that is because I said Welsh theologian. Lord, help me to get out of here at 1115. Dr. Martin, Martin Lloyd-Jones, he argues that dislike of enthusiasm could be one of the greatest hindrances to, to revival because of what's getting ready to happen in a few weeks. Because people who call themselves followers of Jesus are going to paint half their face one color, half their face another color. They're going to wear all kind of crazy stuff that they would never wear in their office buildings. And then they're going to watch 22 other grown men that they do not know run into each other. One NFL player said, it's like, it's like when you sign up to play in the NFL, it's like having 60 collisions, car accidents per game. Well, that's why your brain is the way it is, bro. What if you had 60 accidents every Sunday? What would that do to your brain? Oh, we got better helmets now than when I used to play back in the 1900s. But, I mean, <laughs> these guys are going to be having these collisions, and these adult humans who have painted half their face one color, have the, when they score a touchdown, these adults are going to act like idiots. Those same adults will come to church and go, yes, I love the Lord. He's the most important thing in my life. That's called incongruence. If I go, I'm very happy right now. I'm having the best time of my life right now. That's called incongruence. Right? I'm supposed to say something. I'm having a blast. I'm so peaceful. You're like, that dude's about to fall over. But if I go, I can't tell you how peaceful I am right now. It's a peaceful moment. <laughs> That's called incongruence, right? So when we say, Jesus is the most important thing in my life, but San Francisco 49ers, Lord. Hallelujah. New Orleans Saints. God, you're the most important thing in my life. I'm just saying, it's one of the reasons why people don't believe our God. They're going, y'all just incongruent, man. That's your problem. I'm sure if it is, someone's going to tell me about it. Play it again. I saw this on Instagram. But see, these guys... They're not ashamed of anyone. That's the thing I love about this. And I was at a Jewish wedding. A friend of mine, one of our donors from our organization, he let me. I would have been, I would have one of the very few Gentiles at this wedding. That happened, y'all. And it was the dudes. Lots of, we, we're okay if a woman's being emotional or expressive. But in their culture, the dudes were like, they had this big mosh pit like that. And they're just dancing. And then my friend Henry's in the middle. He was the only one that was dressed in white. <laughs> it was awesome. Hallel, right? That everything that has breath, hallel the Lord. I declare, you, I declare your name to my people. In the assembly, I will hallel you, right? With my mouth, I'll greatly extol the Lord. 
and the great thong of worshipers. Throng, not thong. I said thong, and I meant throng. In the great throng of worshipers, <laughs> I will praise you. Move on, bro. All right. So we used to sing this song. It went like this. Help me. You remember this? Uh, yeah, you remember this? Go. Yeah. Let's see if we go. Hallelujah for the Lord our God, the Almighty. Hallelujah for the Lord our God, the Almighty reigns. Hallelujah, hallelujah for the Lord our God, the Almighty reigns. Hallelujah for the Lord our God, the Almighty reigns. Great is he, say, great is he who's the king. you sing the melody here we go great is he who's the king of kings and the lord of lords he is wonderful doesn't that song make you want to do something like you don't want but well, some of y'all are still sitting there like you're at the grand old opry but when you hear Grand Ole Opry is funny because they're sitting like y'all were just sitting there and then after they're like, standing ovation, right? But that song makes you want to express it. Thank you, Claire. Give Claire a hand again. I'm throwing her and she didn't know she was going to do any of this. I'm like, Claire, I might do it. And then I'm actually doing it every time. Okay. Next one. Where is it at? This. Oh, how about this one? My heart is fixed. Oh, Zamar. Now, Zamar, how are we doing? Okay, good. 30 minutes out. Zamar, right? 11.15, right? That's what I'm shooting for, right? No, 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 no. Y'all don't have the authority. <laughs> Zamar, to make music, to celebrate song and, and music, to touch or to strike the, th the strings are parts of an instrument. Uh, one guy who was, I was at a, a conference learning from him, and he says it means to strike the string under the anointing. To strike the string under the anointing. So, um, Psalm 57, 7 says, my heart is fixed, O God, my heart is fixed. I will sing and give zamar. I will sing, and then while I'm singing, I'll strike the string under the anointing. Uh, in 2 Kings, I'll just read this story real quickly, but no, I won't, because it's too much. You can read it on your own. See, in the middle, it says, while the harpist was playing. So, the prophet Elisha was giving, getting ready to give an instructive word to the nation of Israel, but he would not give the prophetic word until somebody started playing music because that's how important music was. And when he, it says, while the harpist was playing, the hand of the Lord came on Elisha and he said, this is what the Lord says. And then he gave them this prophecy that actually happened. But he did not want to prophesy until that musician created an environment. It's very, very important. That's why we like music. And what, I like, what I'd like to help you with, because my desire today is to help you so that every time you worship musically, which is one small part of the means of grace, right? We talked about all the others earlier. But now you have more tools to receive the benefits from what you're doing rather than waste your time on a Sunday morning. I don't, I'm, I'm busy. I don't know if y'all are busy in life. 
But if I'm going to wake up, shower, get dressed, and go somewhere, I want to get the most out of it. Why would I waste my time for 75 minutes in a church service when I could go do that? I could go, you know, I could be spending time hiking. I'm a Pacific Northwest. I could be hiking a waterfall. I could be on a lake. Why would I come to a place like this? So if I'm going to come, I want to get the most out of it. Anybody want to get the most out of the last days of your life on the planet? That's what I'm trying to help you do, okay? So don't just listen to the music. Receive the music. And one of the reasons why you have instrument, instrumentalists and musicians like the, the ones on the stage today is they have, they have worked on their craft so much that when they play, they're not a distraction. They can actually play and help you to focus on the Lord. Back in the 1900s when I was first starting out, I would have people, I was like, I'm getting ready to play this song, but I might make mistakes, so I just want you to close your eyes and let the Lord speak to you. What I meant was I didn't really learn the song, and I was about to mess up. Sometimes I say, just close your eyes, close your ears, and just, you know, yes. Let the Lord touch you. You know, it's like, but, but so the, re- the reason why you become excellent at your skill is so that you can help other people enter into a relationship or have an experience with the Lord. So when I lived in New York City, I had a friend in our church who worked for Deloitte and Touche. Y'all know that big firm? And Deloitte had a box in uh, Madison Square Garden. And uh, nobody at Deloitte liked John Mayer <laughs> because there were like seven people in this huge box, you know, this in, in Madison Square Garden. It's like nobody's here. There's like seven of us. So John, we're looking down. Our friend Matt Carney actually played. He opened for him. And then so John, there's one point we get into the, the middle of the um, concert. And so you're kind of looking down on Madison Square Garden, right? And John Mayer goes, he says, how many of you had a bad day today? Every hand went up in Madison Square Garden. It's New York. Of course we're New Yorkers. Of course we had a bad day. <laughs> Have you seen us? All right. So, so everybody throws their hands up. And he says, for this one song, he says, I just want you to give me all of that stress and all of that pressure and just let this song take care of it for you. And because of the vantage point I had, you could almost see the people shift their pain, stress, turmoil, frustration at being around 8 million people. It's like it all went to the stage. You could see like this wave of emotion go to the stage. And this dude is a very accomplished guitarist. I mean, he can play crazy stuff. So he starts playing this song. And all of our pain, we've given it to you, John Mayer, because you're the man. And he starts playing his introduction. By the time he gets halfway through his first verse, we took all our pain back. Give me that back. You can't do nothing with that, bro. Because you know what he was doing? He was playing his guitar. He wasn't zamaring his guitar. Because he doesn't know the one who gave him, or at that time, he didn't know the one who gave him that ability. So he could play notes that sounded great, greater than 99.999% of the people on the planet. But his, his playing had no anointing. Who said anointing just a minute ago? Somebody said anointing. Who said it? You're, am I making that up? I'm aging. He had no anointing. It sounded good, but it wasn't anointed. It couldn't change lives. Right? And that's what it means to zamar your instrument. And uh, where'd it go? Oh. So, so what I'm going to try to do is I'm going to try to zamar this instrument here, right here. And I'm going to tell you about this song that I'm going to zamar with. If I can find that next one. Where'd it go? 
Don't just listen to that piece. So, so as a songwriter, sometimes you hear the, um, the melody. Sometimes you hear the, the lyrics. And so I heard these four movements. Have I ever played this song, Peace, for y'all? An instrumental song? So I heard these four movements, and I, and I started writing them down. And I'm like, Lord, when are you going to give me the words? He says, there are no words. He said, this is an instrumental song that you're going to play over homes, congregations, cities, and nations. I wrote this years ago when I was doing Elevate, and I was running it. I, I was, my head was down in this nonprofit world, and I wasn't doing hardly any music. I'm like, God, how am I going to do nations? I don't even travel outside of the nation anymore. He's like, you're going to do this song in homes? And I played this song that I'm about to play for you. I'm just going to play. I'm not going to double. I usually double each section. I'm just going to do one, each section one time. I played in the most amazing homes and some not so amazing homes. But when I play it, it's called peace. The peace of God descends on the place. Because I asked God to, when he was giving me these melodies, I was like, Lord, I wanted to release your peace because so many people need the peace of God. I needed the peace of God in my life. And so homes, churches, cities, nations. So I'm like, how am I going to play over nations? And I get a call one day from the United Nations. And a doctor had died from Nigeria. And the piano player canceled two days before. They said, can you be at the UN in three hours? I'm like, yes. So I'm sitting in a meeting, and they're having this Zoom call before Zoom calls existed. And all these people calling in, and they're talking about, I'm going to talk for 90 seconds. I'm flying from Brussels. I'll fly from Stockholm. All these people are coming to honor this one doctor. And I got a chance to play this song for 197 nations in one room. And then... Two years later, Nelson Mandela's wife dies, Winnie. They say, hey, can you play for Winnie's memorial? And by the way, it's going to be broadcast live in South Africa. And so I had a chance to release the peace of God. And I'm like, God, I'm nobody. I'm just a, a dude who, like, works with kids in the Bronx. He's like, well, if I tell you you're going to do something over nations, you're going to do it over nations. So this is called peace. I'll just play a little bit of it. I'll, it, it I usually do each section twice, but it goes like this. the chorus. Section two. Well, I got to go back to the chorus. Yeah. Uh, 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 uh. 
extension of the hand. Come on back up here. Jed, Claire, everybody. While they're doing this song, we're going to do the quickest communion ever. An extension of the hand, a confession, a sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving basically for what has happened and then thanksgiving for things not yet received from a choir of worshipers. How many of you have things that have happened to you, you know they're from, it's because of God. Anybody? Raise your hand, yes. please. Play yes. along. Like, okay. Put your hands down. How many of you, same people, you, you know that God's done some things, but you are still expecting him to do some other things? Anybody else? Yes. So, ta-ta-ta-ta-ta-ta-ta-ta-ta-ta-ta-ta-ta-ta-ta-ta-ta-ta-ta-ta-ta-ta-ta-ta-ta-ta-ta-ta-ta-ta-ta-ta-ta-